I was listening to Robert Cialdini talk about his principles of persuasion on the psychology podcast, and it suddenly struck me that I had the perfect example of two of them, social proof and scarcity. So first of all, I need to give you a little bit of context. When you sell an ebook, oftentimes you're starting from a cold start problem in the sense that nobody knows who you are. And the second problem is that the vast majority of people will not convert. They'll say, I never finish my ebooks anyway, or this is too expensive, or I don't have time, whatever the excuse. So Steph does something very interesting. She announces the book on July 2nd. That's the day she starts writing. She also announces pricing at $30 and it will increase with every 30 sales. And she announces that she expects it to launch on July 16th. In other words, the first 30 copies will sell at $30. The second 30 copies will sell at $35. The third will sell at 40, then 45, then 50. It just keeps going up. As of right now, when you look at doing time right, the pricing page goes all the way up to 100 copies at $100. So she's selling a PDF that she wrote in 20 days at $100. So it's a very unusual pricing strategy, and I wanted to break it down in terms of the principles of influence. The first is getting social proof. Yeah. <laughs> the next principle is um, what we call social proof. The idea that one way we decide what we should do in a situation is not Proof that comes from some empirical or logical uh, information that we've received. It comes from social information. What are the people around us, like us, doing in this situation? That allows me to reduce my uncertainty about what I should do in this situation. Uh, so, uh, for example, uh, a study done in Beijing shows you the cross-cultural reach of this. Uh, restaurant managers at one string of restaurants uh, in, in, in China put a little asterisk next to certain items on their menu, uh, and each one immediately became um, 13 to 20 percent, depending on the item, more likely to be purchased. So what did the asterisk stand for? It wasn't what we normally see, which is this is a specialty of the house or this is the chef's selection for this evening. It was, this is one of our most popular items. And each became 13 to 20% more popular for its popularity. Mm. So one way as a communicator of genuine information that we can give to other people is to say, we have a lot of popularity for what we are doing and sh give them examples of that or percentages or market share or uh, 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 this sort of thing. And that always is uh, an easy way for people to, to take the shortcut to yes. Oh, okay, then I don't have to continue to calibrate and, and, and and uh, think about the pros and cons of this. The majority of people like me like it, so that's a shortcut TS. But there's some new research now. I, my team is responsible for some of it. That takes the principle of social proof to another level. And uh, it is that suppose you have a startup or you have a new product or service or an idea, a new initiative you would like people to, to uh, join you in. But because it's new, you, don't you can't point to social proof. The, the, 
the social proof is minimal. I mean, it's actually negative. Not a lot of people are doing it. Is there anything you can do under those circumstances? It turns out it, 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 there is. Even if you don't have, even if you only have a minority or a small minority of people who have uh, adopted it because it's a good idea. You have to have a good idea. But if it's a good idea, you get to show a trend to that minority position. If it's only 20% of the market that's interested in, if you just say 20%, that's a statistic. If you said six months ago, it was 10%, that's a difference. And that's much better. But if you say six months ago, it was 10%, three months ago, it was 15%, this month, it's 20%. The same 20% is the endpoint of a trend. And people project the function of a trend into the future. So that for the first time, you have the leverage of something we didn't know the label of before, future social proof. In the research that we did, it showed that if you give people a trend to 20%, they are more likely to say yes to it, right? Because they expect in the future, it will be more than 20%. If you've sense. got a good idea with that kind of uh, ability to move uh, people upward in a trend, You'd be a fool of the influence process not to honestly give them three data points. One data point is a statistic. Two data points, a difference. Three data points, a trend. So you can clearly see how Steph applies this in her pricing model in the sense that she's showing you that other people are buying and also she's showing you a trend going up. People want more of those things they can have less of. And... Uh, one reason that is the case, I think, applies to uh, what Daniel Kahneman has won the Nobel Prize for demonstrating, and that is... By the way, listen to the very casual usage of the authority principle to prove his point. The power of loss aversion, uh, as opposed to... So that we are more, in his prospect theory, says the prospects of losing something are more motivating to us than the prospects of gaining that same thing under conditions of risk and uncertainty. Not all the he time. Was, he, yeah. was, he was just on the podcast. Oh, he was. Yes. That was a good get. What Kahneman says is there's loss aversion. Well, that's what scarcity, the basis of scarcity is you're, if something is scarce or rare or dwindling in availability, availability you're afraid mm. that it will be lost to you. And so um, it, that's the reason people want those things uh, that have those characteristics. And uh, there was a study done of um, 6,700 e-commerce websites, and they looked at A-B tests within them to see which were the factors that if they included it or withdrew it, had the, made the biggest difference in uh, conversion from uh, prospect to customer. It was scarcity. 
Oh. It was scarcity. If you could honestly say that the, we have a limited number of these at this price or with these features or with this payment plan or whatever it was, um, you got significantly more uh, 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 conversions than any other feature. They looked at, at 29 of them. By the way, the next five were the other principles of influence. Nice. But scarcity was at the top of those principles, provided that it was scarcity of number, not scarcity of, not limited time. So it was a limited number of items rather than, oh, you can only get this for uh, one week. If you can get it for one week, that means you can decide to get it any time in that week. If it's a limited number and there's competition for it, therefore, you better move now. And that's the reason limited number is more successful than limited time offers. So there's two lessons on the scarcity principle there. When I launched my book, I had a launch week sale or something like that, where I had 30% off for the week of the launch. And then I had a countdown timer and I thought that was scarcity. But actually what Robert says is we should be using quantity. And that's exactly what Steph is doing. She's using batches of 30 books as a quantity countdown to raise the price. And actually, she's not even done raising the price. As of the time of recording, she has a launch price of $100, but she also has a post-launch price of $200. As far as I can tell, this book has basically launched. So there's just an implicit threat to raise the price if you don't get it now, which is very effective. So I think Steph just employs the tactics of social proof and scarcity in, in incredible way. And I thought it was a nice application of Robert's principles.